Oh, Father, deal with us in our hearts and minds. Make us fit for you. Spirit, come and, and use this time and speak to us and break down some walls and change some, some wrong assumptions that we may have had. Uh, reveal who you are. Bring us freedom, Lord. Reveal yourself, oh God, through the scriptures that we can know you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let me tell you the pastor's dilemma. There's so much to preach on. I would be here. I would, I would enjoy being here for several hours just talking through all these scriptures with you. I really would. Um, anybody up for that? Maybe not this morning, right? Okay. Well, all right. I do have something that's a little bit shorter planned. Uh, and I, I think that this is something that, that will feed us. Will feed our spirits. Um, I'm going to be looking at that passage that was just read out of Second Corinthians chapter four. So, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, if you don't, we have a few in the seats uh, in front of you. But I want you to have something where you can take notes and and all that. I think that God speaks to us, and it's stuff that we should remember. And if you are not Making a way for you to remember it or setting it aside so that you can come back to it later by writing it down somewhere. You are missing out. This is the most important stuff in our lives. This is what we build our lives upon is the word of God and the relationship that it brings us with through Jesus with the Father. This is it. There's nothing more important than what we do here. There's nothing more important. Take advantage of it. Sit under other teachers. You have so much opportunity. You can listen to podcast. This is all. This is free, by the way. You have you have the opportunity to listen to other good teachers who do podcasts and 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 reveal things from the Word of God. Listen to them. Avail yourself to it. Get in there yourself and do it. There's nothing more important in our lives than being in the Word, so that we can know the Lord. Don't take this for granted. There are countries around the world where this is illegal. Okay? And why do they make this illegal? Because this has power. This has power to change lives, to change communities, to change nations. And there are nations out there that are afraid of it. And I tell you what, they're, they're not afraid of other ideas. They're afraid of the Word of God. Get in there. All right, let's get to what we were going to talk about today. 2 Corinthians 4, I'm going to look at verses 16 through 18, which says, uh, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we, were, we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Boy, that sounds real nice and poetic, doesn't it? 
uses a lot of illusion. It's, it's a little bit. Okay, let's look into it. Let me tell you what's going on. Paul has been talking in this letter. He, this is the, the second letter that we have that he wrote to a church in Corinth. He started the church. He would write them letters and keep up with them and send messengers back and forth so that he knew what was going on with them when he was traveling in other places. They were a mess. The Corinthian church had more trouble in it and caused him more trouble than all of the other churches that he had combined. I mean, these people were a mess. Okay? They, they didn't know what they were doing. They were doing all the wrong things. They had their hearts set on the wrong stuff. Anyway, so Paul, in the first letter that we have, to that church, we call it First Corinthians. He was real gentle and kind with them, but very straightforward in, in setting them straight on some issues. And it was hard. I mean, as nice as he was, as kind as he was, and this boy, it's a good lesson in leadership, looking at how he dealt with it. He didn't pull any punches, but it was hard to hear and hard to take. And so the church, they bucked his authority. And we know from the context, they must have written him a letter back or sent him some messengers or something because he got the, the, the return reply from them that they were challenging not what he said, but his right to say it to them. They didn't challenge what he said to them, but they sure challenged his right to say it to them. Because they had found some new, Paul calls them super apostles. There were some guys that came into town who were preaching another gospel than, than the one Paul knew was true. Because he'd seen Jesus, because he'd, his life had been changed by Jesus, because he spent lots of time with the apostles who had followed Jesus and listened to him. He knew what the gospel was. He, he knew, and these super apostles had come into Corinth. And they were living off of the backs of the Corinthians, taking their money, taking their food, and teaching something else. And so they were pushing back on Paul, saying, we don't, basically, we don't have to listen to you. And so Paul writes this letter to talk about why he's saying the things that he said. Uh, it, was a, it was a hard church to pastor, but Paul thought that it was worth it. All the things he was going through was worth it if the church would grow more mature in Jesus. So, let's go back and walk through this a little bit. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. And you may have heard this before. Anytime in Scripture you see the word therefore, you have to figure out what it's there for. Right? Have you ever heard that? Yes? Some have. So there's a word therefore. Let's figure out what it's there for. He says, therefore, we don't lose heart. Paul had been facing some extreme hardships. Paul had even been facing persecution in order to try and pastor this church. But in the middle of it, he's been telling how God has been with them in the middle of all the troubles that they're having. And that even though they're facing hardships, because God is with them in it, they are still able to pastor this church and and pray for them and see them growing. And so it's worth it because he knows that God is doing something in the Corinthian church. Therefore, we don't lose heart. 
If we didn't know that God wasn't, was in, if we didn't know God was in this, if we didn't know that God was working through us for your benefit, we might lose heart. We might give up. But we're not giving up because we see God is in this with us, and we see that God is working through us for your benefit. So we don't lose heart. We're making it a point to prioritize you, Church of Corinth, above, above our comfort, above our ease of life. We're dedicated to this. So even in the troubles, we don't give up. And it's a small price to pay, Paul is saying, to help you grow and mature in your relationship with Jesus. He goes on, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. He says, it's like he's saying, our, our bodies are having a hard time. We're, we're, we're a little closer to death now than we were. Not just because we're older, but because of what we're going through. This has been hard. And he, he talks about, he goes and talks about our light and momentary troubles are doing something in our lives. Do you know what Paul thought were light and momentary troubles? I had six slides that were full of this small type just from a paragraph and a half of what he's saying in this this letter just before and just after this quote. Six slides that were like this. I didn't even pick the best ones. I just picked some of the first ones, okay? He says, we are hunted down. Now just think about that for a minute. What would it be like for you to be hunted down? Who's hunting them down? Do you all know? People that want to kill them. Why do they want to kill them? Because they're teaching. So who are these people? Some of them are Jewish people that, that just resent the fact that they missed the Messiah. People from pagan temples. Yeah. People, yeah. Paul, Paul would come into a, an area and the, and the teachings about Jesus and the way that it changes people's lives, it, it just, it changed things in the city. And, and people would get mad and they'd want to kill him. They'd start to hunt for him. They start to go out and hunt him down. He's not, this is, this is real. This happens in other countries right now around the planet, that people are hunting down Christians. It's happening in Burma right now. I don't know if you've heard about what's going on in Burma. Look it up if you haven't. It's, this stuff was happening. And Paul said, this is a light and momentary trouble. That's worth it. What? We give up when somebody makes a, a derogatory comment on Facebook. Paul is being hunted, and he's like, it's a light and momentary trouble. It's worth it. He says, we're hunted down but never abandoned by God. We've been put in prison. We've been whipped times without number. Anybody here been arrested because of Jesus? No. Anybody been whipped? No. 
I think he'd remember it. He's like, I can't even count how many times I've been whipped. I faced death again and again. Five different times, the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. 39 whips. 39 times because they, they had the idea that 40 times would kill you. So we'll stop at 39. That happened to him five times. He said six times. I've been beaten with rods, beaten, beaten with a staff. Anybody ever gone through that for Jesus? I, I doubt anybody in this room. People around the world, yes, not any of us. He says, once I was stoned, and he ain't talking about the 70s. He's talking about people throwing rocks at you big enough to do you damage until hopefully they kill you. But it didn't kill him. They thought it did, but he lived through it. And he says, this is a light and momentary trouble. I have a hard time understanding that. Because what was it that made this man keep doing what he's doing? And don't give me a Sunday school answer because he didn't have that. Most people don't do that. We add Christianity to our lives like it's an ornament. We, we hope it will enhance our lives and benefit us. It, it's like spiritual self-help for a lot of us. But Paul was all in. His whole life was built around Doing what he knew the Father wanted done. It was built around Jesus in making disciples. And if he died as he was doing it, that was okay with him. If they killed him, if they beat him, if they whipped him, he put up with that. That's, that'll pass. Even staying alive wasn't more important than what, what Paul was doing. Anybody singing the song in your heads? Okay. You're welcome. It will be there all day, I think. But he said that these light and momentary troubles he faced were worth the benefit. Because they're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And I don't know about you, but that made me stop and think and think, what is it that can outweigh being hunted down, being whipped so many times, I can't remember how many times it is, being beaten by rods, being lashed 39 times, five different times, being, you know, thrown in prison, being stoned. And then five more slides full of stuff. What is, what's worth that? And I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus, but dang, that's hard. That's a man I respect.
And I think that men and women that are like that are few and far between right now. I've met a few. I think that there are deeper reserves in most people than we know. But are you one of them? Are you one of these people? I think Whitey Hogan is one of those people. I have deep respect for that man. He gave up a lot to follow Jesus. I've met people from Africa who were like that. I want to grow more like that. There's something about that that inspires me and makes me want to change the things that I value. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I don't know if, if all your troubles or all of my troubles can bring eternal glory. I, I, there's something in me that says that because of how invested Paul was in what he was invested in, there was eternal glory that came from that. I don't think that, you know, the trouble of, of uh, paying a bill on time is achieving eternal glory somehow. I'm not sure that changing a flat tire at an inconvenient time is, is achieving eternal glory. You know? I do think that your troubles can bring eternal benefit. If you face him in the right way. I think that's what James was talking about. Jesus' brother, by the way. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith, your faithfulness, your stick for the sake of Jesus is tested... That your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete. Needing nothing. And by the way, perfect here, it, what do I always tell you about what perfect means? We tend to say, ah, oh, that's something nobody ever achieves. Baloney. Perfect means it's mature and well-developed. That's what it's supposed to convey to you. We're supposed to be mature and well-developed. And we better, you know, let's achieve that, right? Let's achieve that. So the, the process that James is saying is that troubles come, and they're troubles that make you want to stop being faithful. Right? You know, when that thing gets said in the midst of a conversation that pushes your button and makes you want to quit acting like you love that person. Or, you know, no matter how big your trouble gets, the trouble comes and it makes you want to stop being faithful. And those things happen. Those things happen a lot in big ways and small ways. But if you will keep on being faithful, 
It builds perseverance in you. You you kind of get accustomed to pushing on and pushing through and not letting those things knock you off course. And that develops a maturity of your faith. And develops you because you have to you have to grow as a person if you're going to do this, it, it, and it develops you into being more like Jesus. It it takes some hard times, but when when the hard times come, James says, "Hey, guess what? This is an opportunity for you to grow, and there's a benefit that'll come from you being faithful as you go through this." Because it'll it'll force you to change. You'll grow. You'll become more patient, more loving. You'll see how God delivers over time. You'll become more mature as a result if you don't give up being faithful. And then Paul, Paul took this same idea. And he, he said the same thing in Romans practically, but he added something to it. This is what he said. He said, Romans 5, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Does that sound familiar? That's what we just looked at, right? Four, we know that they help us develop endurance. Does that sound familiar? Troubles come. You have to learn to keep on being faithful, right? And our endurance develops strength of character. This is the same thing that James has said, just said a different way, right? Yes? But then Paul goes on and, and he, he says a little bit more about it. He says, in character, when you grow to be more like Jesus because you're not stopping being faithful, character strengthens this confident hope in, of salvation. Not just that we'll go to heaven one day, but that God really is God and bigger than the situation. And he will deliver us from this trouble either by walking with us through it or by poof, making it go away, by healing it, by having the check come in the mailbox, by, you know, or just helping you endure it. But God will find out that God is God. Our hope in salvation will grow as our character grows. For, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. God has already made a deposit in our lives that's life-changing. He won't fall and, and let us go after that. He's already invested in us. You see what he's saying here? When we face troubles, don't give up. Don't stop being faithful. Because these things, these hardships we face, if we face it in the right way, will change our character Make us more like Jesus. Help us to see what he's up to. Recognize how he's walking with us, delivering us, working in our lives. And, and it comes back and helps us to realize how much he loves us. But what happens if you give up? 
You don't find those things out. You don't live through it. You don't experience that, do you? Because you gave up. So Paul goes on in, in 2 Corinthians. He says, so because of all this, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what's seen is temporary. What's unseen is eternal. In, in other words, what happens to us is not nearly as important as what happens in us. All kinds of things are going to happen to you. The question is, what's going to happen in you? The things that you see that he's talking about here, we don't fix our eyes on the troubles. We're not spending our time focused on, oh my goodness, there are people trying to kill us and we might get whipped. And we might. He says, I'm, I'm just not thinking about that. I'm focusing on, oh God, you're meeting with me in the middle of this. What are you doing in me? You're growing me. How am I seeing you deliver me? How am I seeing you give me strength? Do you know what you focus on becomes what you get centered around? And if you focus on your troubles, guess what starts to take over your life? Your troubles. It fills your screen So we don't look at what's seen. We look at what's unseen. Our personal growth in Jesus is really what's important. Because if we can go through this and still remain faithful to Jesus, we're going to be more faithful. We're going to have more patience and more wisdom. We're going to have more love, more perspective, more ability. More authority, more responsibility, more joy, more peace. We're going to grow if we can keep our eyes on him instead of on the troubles. What happens in us is far more important than what happens to us. And so I think Paul's example here is is saying, sell out to Jesus. Sell out to Jesus. Just go ahead and decide that you're going to. Sell out to his ways. Sell out to his goals. What's important to him, make it important to you. And when trouble comes, don't complain about it. Don't focus on it. Ask God to help you grow through it, in it, and do the hard stuff to take you through it. Because then you'll see him deliver you. Then you'll figure out who he is. Then you'll know how powerful he is. Then you'll realize how much he loves you. But he'll probably be doing hard stuff that gets you there. Now, I saw something on the Internet. As I was, you know, starting to think about this, this stuff is kind of running through my mind. And I saw something about choose your hard have any of you seen that kind of thing? Choose your hard. Here, here's the idea. It said, life is hard. Okay, being in debt is hard. Being financially disciplined is also hard. 
Which one are you going to choose? It, it, it really is hard to be financially disciplined, especially if you're in debt when you're starting out. You know, because then you, you're, you've got a hole you've got to fill in, right? Uh, you, you have to go without a lot of goodies that you really want and some you kind of need if you're going to pay off your debt and get out of debt, which is actually dragging you down. It's slavery, we're told. We're told don't, don't be in any debt except a debt of love to each other. But don't be in any financial debt. And yet, here we are. We're Americans. We love debt. We leverage debt. Getting out of that is hard. You might have to eat a lot more rice and beans than you want and leave the steak on the shelf. You know what I mean? It's tough. But let me tell you what. It's also hard being in debt. Being in debt up to your eyeballs and, and having credit card folks and banks and, and, and your utilities calling you saying, we got to get paid. Having liens placed against your house. Having, you, you get to the point where, where all the money that comes in is going out just to, just to service debt. And it's not paying down the debt, it's just paying the interest. And then what do you do if the car breaks down? It throws you totally out, out of kilter. You can't do it. And it's because you wanted the big screen TV. Well, you got the big screen TV. Now you can't get to work and pay for it. Being in debt is hard. Being financially disciplined is hard. But I tell you what, it's got a lot more benefits than being in debt. It's worth eating the rice and beans if you have the money set aside so when the car breaks down, you can just go ahead and pay for it and keep on going. You might not have the big screen TV, but you don't get upset, you know, when you get sick and have to miss a couple of days of work because you can handle it. I think the benefits come from choosing to do the hard thing up front. When you make the choice to do the hard thing, it's a lot better than when you find yourself in a situation where life is making your choices for you. You know what I mean? Pain, you can pay now and do the hard things now, or you can pay later when you don't have the choice, when the consequences take control. Here's some others. Marriage is hard, but guess what? Divorce is hard. Which hard do you want? I know which one I want. It is worth it. The benefits, a lot better. Communication is hard and not communicating is hard. Which one do you want? Living as a Jesus follower is hard. Especially if you have a heart for it like Paul did, like Whitey does. But not living as a Jesus follower, that's hard. Life is never going to be easy, folks. It's always, it's always going to be hard, especially if you focus on the trouble of it. And you can invest now or pay later and choose wisely. I think the benefits come from doing the hard thing up front. There's it, a greater benefit in that. It brings freedom if you'll do that. And sometimes the trouble we find ourselves in is the motivation to make the change, finally. 
do the hard thing now and enjoy the freedom later instead of the other way around. Because the other way around brings more trouble and it lasts longer. Uh, any of y'all like Calvin and Hobbes? I figure I better lighten this up a little bit. I love Calvin and Hobbes, so this is a four poster. Can y'all read that? Need me to read it? Calvin says, what's this disgusting, slimy blob? Dad says, try it. You'll love it. You ever had that discussion? Calvin, oh, yeah? Well, what if I don't love it? Dad says, then it'll build character. (laughs) Calvin, that's my dad, always looking out for me. I, uh, I think Calvin's dad was right, though. Persevering through troubles, learning from them, does build character. It builds good character. And it turns out that the only character that's worth building is character like Jesus. It's worth it. He's worth it. And when you have character like Jesus, then these things turn into light and momentary troubles. What happens in us is far more important than what happens to us. So, Lord, make us more like Jesus through our troubles. So what do we do with this? You may have some troubles that you need to embrace right now. So you can grow through them instead of getting mad at them. You may not have learned from your troubles in the past and now you have regrets and you wish you could go back and do it over so that you wouldn't be where you are now. Some of you uh, have children that need to learn this. And you still have time to, to teach them. Others of you, that time is already gone and you regret it. But you can confess it and you can pray for it. Some of you have been mad at God because of how your life is going. And maybe now you realize it's not necessarily God's fault. And he gave you opportunities to learn, but you didn't do the work. So what what do you do? It's not too late to start this. It never is. Because God is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. He's just waiting to be asked. And you'll often move on your behalf when you're walking down the road and it ends up being easier than you think it will be. Because God's at work in it too. So, I want to give you a moment to do business with the Lord, to think about it, to to offer it up to him. So I invite you to look and say, do do I have any troubles right now, any regrets on how I've handled it, and to repent of that. So come Holy Spirit, be with us, and show us how to choose the things that are eternal. Now you do business with God.